The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Walsh. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. We're here live at the AI World Government Conference in Washington, D.C., June 24th through 26, 2019. You can hear from the ambience in the background. We're doing live podcast recordings, and we are thrilled and excited to have as our guest today, Bob Gourley, who is the CTO of UDA LLC, the publisher of CTO Vision and OODAloop.com. Hi, Bob. Thank you so much for joining us at the podcast today. Well, thanks for inviting me, Ron and Kathleen. I appreciate it. Yeah, welcome, Bob. Thanks for joining us. We'd like to start by having you introduce yourself to our listeners. Tell them a bit about your background and your current role at UDA. Well, my background was in the intelligence community. I was a Navy intelligence officer for 20 years. Then I worked in industry for a while and went back to work for government at Defense Intelligence Agency as a chief technology officer. I left there around, well, 2010, and I've been consulting ever since and working in issues of security data analytics, and artificial intelligence. And at UDA, we published two media properties you mentioned, udaloop.com and ctovision.com. Well, excellent. So tell us about what you see as some of the opportunities and risks of AI, especially from your perspective as being that former intelligence officer. You know, the opportunities I think are so well documented on Cognolytica. And frankly, you guys have been a huge influence for me. So I may be <laughs> replaying back some of the opportunities I've learned from you guys. You know, we see AI as making changes in multiple industries. And those changes, I find some of the most important ones seem to be incremental changes. A 5% improvement here, a 10% improvement there, and you know, continuing consistent improvement over time. And we see that too in our consultancy as we help people implement these kind of solutions. So the opportunity for improvement does hit every industry. We've seen that as well as improvements in your personal life. All of us seem to have these smart things in our phones now that are AI enabled and empowered. And in government, a big focus of this week's conference is AI in government. So service in the public sector and how it can help there. The opportunity, we could talk for hours about the risk. There's not enough discussion of the risk, in our opinion, or the solutions to the risk. And the risk is, you know, it's not as bad as the sci-fi movies, but a lot of it is unexpected and surprising. Well, do you want to maybe dig into some of the risk sides? Because I think we're going to dig into a little bit more, but just tell us about just at the high level about the risks. And I know we have a follow-up question as well. At a high level, you know, one of the most important biggest risk is that someone will try to solve a problem with AI that AI was not the right solution for, which wastes time and energy and sours people on the technology. But other more risks that we all see include the fact that AI many times is unexplainable and hard to assess. So it's the inscrutability of AI means it's hard to go to regulators reviewing your compliance to say, here's how this thing did that, or here's why it came up with a certain conclusion. So that inscrutability introduces a lot of risk. There's the risk of deceivability, which many of these AI solutions can be deceived, whether they're analyzing imagery or video or data. Deceived AI will introduce errors in the output and cause you to make the wrong decisions. Other problems with AI include ethics. 
which, you know, the ethics examples are numerous of, you know, bias being coded into AI. Most famous examples being Microsoft Tay, for example, which was corrupted and turned into a racist bigot as a chatbot and had to be terminated. And that was 2016. 2017 saw Amazon create a resume scanning system, which was very helpful for them to screen and look for job applicants. That thing over time became misogynist and started hating women and had to be terminated. So these are a couple of the more famous examples, but there are so many of AI gone wrong. Yeah, it's important. You know, there's so much opportunity. We always talk about use cases on this podcast, but it's important to also weigh that with the risks. And so one area that AI is seeing a lot more action lately is with cybersecurity. So how do you see AI and cybersecurity working together? Okay, two very important ways. One is the security of AI itself. And the other is using AI in security solutions. So it's like two sides of the same coin. In the AI in cybersecurity, that is very well developed now where there's data sources in your enterprise that are now machine learning tools go over and look for bad guys and their trails and how to hunt them better. And there's a lot of vendors that have that kind of capability in their product. We hope you're enjoying this podcast and sorry for the brief interruption. Cognolytica not only produces the AI podcast that you're listening to right now, but we also generate research and advisory to help companies make sense of AI and cognitive technologies. We also run the most authoritative vendor-neutral AI and machine learning training and certification on the market. If you're looking to make AI a reality for your organization, our three-day Cognolytica training is for you. If you're interested in attending, you can find pricing and registration on our website at Cognolytica.com. We'll also provide a link in the show notes. We've met many of our podcast listeners in our classes, and we hope that we'll see you there as well. Now back to the podcast. Capability in their product today. So that's an emerging field. The security of AI itself is not as well developed. And for all those reasons I just mentioned about problems with AI, we need to look at security. And when we look at security, we think you have to secure the training data that you might be training your solution on. You also have to secure the data that is, you know, after it's trained, is being fed into your model. So that has to be secure and reliable and understood. Now, you also need to secure your algorithms themselves. Depending on how you're using AI, you may have you know, hundreds of algorithms that your data scientists and others curate and maintain. How do you know those have not been corrupted? And if they are, how do you return to a known good state? This is important because, of course, a corrupt algorithm will give you inaccurate results. And adding to this complexity, there are some kinds of AI solutions that will modify themselves. And an algorithm that can modify itself can corrupt itself. Exactly. I I know that one of the things that we have seen, and people may not be talking that much about, is the idea that if somebody can take this model and say, people worry about data and access to data, but if I have your model, I can easily just try a million things and see perhaps maybe your model has these hidden biases that I can fool your model. So people may not be securing their model as much as their data. Have you seen any thoughts around model security and just trying to, at the one hand, you want to make the model useful, but at the one hand, you want to protect that model from being attacked, right? Yeah. Yes. And there's absolutely tension here because, you know, if you are a user of model results, you want to be able to see the code and understand how it works. And if you have a vendor that's supplying that to you, they may not want to show that to you. That's a classic tension. But if someone can recreate how that model works just by looking at the data that goes in and out, they can look for weaknesses and exploit and manipulate that. 
So this is an area where we need to put increased focus and figure out what's going on with these models. Yeah, you know, it's really important to make sure that we are talking about cybersecurity and how AI can help with that. But can you also tell us about some of the key problem areas with AI implementation? And is there a solution to these challenges? So some of the key problem areas with these AI implementations include training the workforce to be able to use them appropriately. That's important. And understanding the right business model and how it changes because of AI is also important. So this takes a lot of work and thought leadership and, frankly, good reading and research and lessons learned from others. That's really interesting. Well, we're definitely trying our part to share as many lessons learned and and part of that methodology. And I think following up what Kathleen just asked here on the podcast, you know, there are a lot of challenges with AI implementations because a lot of organizations haven't had a lot of experience, you know, running big, scalable AI projects. So perhaps, what have you seen maybe out there? What kinds of customers, what kind of scale have you seen in AI projects? You know, what sort of, you know, maybe proof of concepts and pilots that have expanded to much bigger implementations have you seen out there in the real world? Well, some of the implementations we've seen have been the running of models over large data sets that have been collected for, say, a customer 360. So bring together all of the information on your customer in one enterprise data hub and then be able to run machine learning over that to see what your customer's like and then use that for a better interaction with your customer. That is a classic and early example commercially for using these solutions. In government, we have seen agencies applying machine learning and AI to several problems, including law enforcement, for things like predictive policing. Where is the highest area of crime and what time of day? And you know, can you put police there earlier to kind of deter crime? That is an early use of AI. Also in government, there are uses for fraud mitigation, fraud prevention. You know, is someone trying to steal benefits that they shouldn't? AI is helping find those kind of things. In government, I find more people are saying robotic process automation equals AI. And here's where I'd love Cognolytica's input on that. Do we say that RPA is AI or not? Or is is it up to the customer to define? Well, you know, we have definitely opinions on this. So Yeah, so we have opinions on this. And what we say is that RPA is automation. And automation has a very important purpose, but automation is not intelligence. So we see RPA as a gateway to AI, but we don't see RPA being cognitive. Yeah, because at the end of the day, what you're trying to do with AI is trying to solve these harder problems that involve usually aspects of human cognition. It could be basic cognition. It could be like reading a document and you know making a decision and trying to plan and predict stuff, but it's got to be some element of that. It can't just be repeating the same task over and over because that's a deterministic thing and deterministic things we can program and the humans are the intelligent part because we're telling the machine what to do. So it's human intelligence for automation, but if we want machine intelligence, then we need to have the machine do something cognitive. It could be very basic, but it's got to be something. So, All right. Well, thanks. See, that's good context. And <laughs> I do think that the dynamic in government will be that they need successes and there are going to be some huge successes in RPA and it will be a natural tendency for them to kind of move that over into the AI bucket and say, look at our great successes here. Yeah, that's what we've been seeing. And a lot of different agencies are looking into RPA implementations, which we think is great because it's allowing these agencies to do more with the resources that they currently have. And I think that that's going to help employees feel more comfortable 
using AI technologies and using it in augmented intelligence role where it's helping the humans do their job better. So we're excited to continue to see where and how various government agencies will be adopting AI and changing their mindset into using these technologies. Mm -hmm. And one other point I wanted to mention that government really needs, we found as we were talking to Jason Matheny yesterday here at the conference, is more red teaming of AI solutions. Now we do that commercially and you know, red teaming is have someone act like your adversary to beat up on the system and see if they can get in or manipulate results or deceive the AI some way. And this needs to be done from someone outside your own organization so they don't come with their own biases. It's a really interesting approach. I think we may hopefully be seeing more of that as a standard approach rather than like this, ooh, this new interesting thing. Like, you know, we think about with internet systems, we don't just say, well, put it out there and wait for someone to attack it. So right. <laughs> we've hopefully learned from our mistakes. Oh, yes. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> terrible idea. You know, Bob, so you come from this world of both public and private sector. So where have you seen, you know, some surprising use cases of AI that you'd like to share? You know, a lot of the surprises in AI for me are the ones hitting my personal life. And I just love technology at home and in my car and the mobile devices. And I love how it now suggests things to me. There's worries with that too, of course. But I love the fact that my phone will tell me where I'm supposed to go and when I'm supposed to be there. But is it making me dumb? Is it really, you know, is it making me stupid? Do I have to be aware of, you know, somehow that this thing shouldn't be replacing my thoughts? And so this is a worry. It's, again, opportunity and risk. The opportunity in our personal lives, what AI is doing for us now, saying where you should be next or who you should talk to, these are great. But the risk is, are we becoming so dependent that our brains kind of get lethargic and not exercising. Well, you know, I know this is a concern, especially in autonomous systems, because when you're delegating decision-making to machines, well, of course, there's risk in that, but also people become complacent. They're like, oh, you know, Tesla, drive me. And it's like, okay, by the way, if I have an emergency, you're going to take over, right, human? Think I'm going to be asleep or reading a book or watching a movie or not paying attention, because that's what happens, right? And we've had that situation, even in sort of more limited situations, people are wondering about the Boeing 737 MAX, that, you know, maybe pilots have become less trained. So are you starting to feel that same thing about the AI that like, you know, we're trying trusting machines with things that maybe they shouldn't necessarily be trusting. And then the human knowledge kind of decreases as a result. You know, I do. And I have two kind of warnings. One mm -hmm. is at home. So at home, you need to think about things like, is there a time when you turn off the phones, for right. example, and use screen time to monitor the screen use of your family? At work, you may have some sophisticated AI solutions in place where maybe you don't have humans in the loop, but you should. You should have somebody mm. watching these things and seeing if they go wrong and have a human able to interject themselves in the results and terminate the process or go back to a known good state of data or go back to a known good state of the algorithm. And so this applies at home and at work. You need humans in the loop to manage the bias and ethics. Yeah, these were all great points that you brought up. So thank you so much. This was a very informative podcast. We'd like to end with a final question of where you believe the future of AI is in general and its application to corporations, governments, and beyond. So I really am excited and enthused about the future of AI and what it means for corporations and governments. And that means what it means for us people, the citizens, because corporations, you know, as their leaderships become more informed of what AI can do for them, will become more efficient, generate better results. Governments, if we do it right, I mean, I personally believe government's role should be limited and focused. Government should have a good research agenda for AI. Government already has plenty of requirements for compliance that we must follow. I don't want to see a lot more of that. But government's role is, I believe, more research into AI. 
and automating AI to increase citizen services. So as AI improves in government, AI improves in industry, I really think it's a bright future for us, the citizens. There are worries that we read about for job displacement, and there are concerns there we need to think through. But overall, I'm extremely optimistic. I believe what it requires is all of us citizens, all of us executives to understand the bright future and then build it. Well, we definitely agree with you on that. That's why we're recording these podcasts. And that's actually why it's great to get these perspectives of folks like you, because we're always like you're in the mix here. And we bring in folks from a wide variety of areas of expertise and knowledge in different sectors. And, you know, I have to say, by and large, most people are very optimistic and enthusiastic about AI. So, you know, excellent having you here on the podcast and sharing that. Well, with us. thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. And listeners, as always, we'll post any articles and concepts discussed in the show notes. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at Cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group and make sure to join the Cognolitica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.